so we'd come down here and there would just be a chill in the air and you know it was it was gritty you know i grew up in the suburbs and there was just this urban realness to it and it seemed exciting and then when i got older and i was in high school and we started getting into going to shows and bands this was just like the you know the ultimate place to, to take a road trip and drive home at two in the morning that was street photo san francisco founder ken walton i'm jeff and this is storied san francisco every week on this podcast you'll hear from photographers bartenders writers and san franciscans from all walks of life telling stories sharing personal histories and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. We wanted to thank you for all the likes, follows, comments, and shares you guys give us every week. And to let you know that there's another way you can help us out. It's kind of like those pledge drives you hear on public radio stations. Go over to the store page on our website to check out the different levels of support you can give us. Each level gives you different Storied SF merch back in return, including hats, shirts, and some of Michelle Killfeather's photos. Thanks in advance for your generosity. Welcome to episode 35. Ken Walton grew up in Sacramento and always thought of San Francisco as a special place. He moved here to go to law school at Hastings, and the grittiness of the Tenderloin served as a major influence in his street photography years later. Ken founded Street Photo SF, an international annual photo festival, back in 2016. We recorded this podcast at this summer's festival over at the Harvey Milk Center. Here's Ken. I actually grew up in Sacramento. I have uh, family roots in San Francisco. My great-grandfather lived here, and uh, my grandfather was raised here as well. So uh, I I grew up in Sacramento, though. I always came to San Francisco a lot as a kid. It was always the the cool place to come down to. It was the place I always wanted to live. It was the the, the magical city down the road. I'm not going to try to age you exactly, but when when would that have been that you were a kid coming to San Francisco? Like, you know, you could go with decades. It's cool. Sure, that was a uh, you know the 70s and 80s. Um, you know, my we used to take family trips down here. My grandparents had moved to Mill Valley uh, when I was a kid, but um, actually we used to drive through the city to go back up all across the Golden Gate Bridge just to kind of make it a, a more special experience. What kind of things could you remember? I mean, besides just the general wonder of a bigger city than yeah. Sacramento, like what, what you know, what what specific things, and and then just kind of what general feelings did you have about the city? You know, I mean, uh, Sacramento's so much. The weather's so different. So we'd come down here, and there would just be a chill in the air, and you know, it was it was gritty. You know, I grew up in the suburbs, and there was just this urban realness to it. And it seemed exciting. And then when I got older and I was in high school and we started getting into going to shows and bands, this was just like the, you know, the ultimate place to, to take a road trip and drive home at two in the morning yeah. um, because the music scene was just fantastic in the 80s and there was so much going on. It's a very different place then than it is now. I'm guessing traffic wasn't quite as bad then. No, I don't. You know, getting home to Sacramento, I mean. No, especially not at two in the morning. Yeah, set a, I set a record once, uh, hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> So you said you came here for, for shows. What kind of bands and ven- venues especially like were, were you going to? You know, I mean, back then, well, in high school, uh, it would usually just be bigger shows at like, uh, God, I'm trying to remember. I mean, we'd come down to Berkeley, but we'd, we'd what was, what's the one uh, Civic Center, the uh, Bill Graham? Yeah, I can't remember now who, who I was seeing back then, but uh, we weren't doing, you know, cooler or smaller places like the Fillmore back then as much. But if somebody would come through, 
psychedelic furs or something like that. I'm not sure where they played, but you know, bands like that in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you come down here with your friends and would you, would you do any other kind of hanging out besides going to shows? Any, any places you used to go or, you know, uh, at that point I, you know, I didn't really know anyone down here. So, you know, we weren't exactly crashing at, at people's houses or anything like that. We sort of come down kind of for a one night trip and we just get kind of crazy and go home. So and drive home, like you said, very fast. Yeah. Um, when did you kind of get into, like, did your foray into photography coincide or, or overlap with coming here as a kid or? So not really, but my dad had a pretty avid photography habit, uh, when I was, I don't know, nine, 10 years old or something like that. And, um, for quite a few years he had a dark room in the, in the, in the bathroom. Nice. He would like seal off all the light and, you know, no one else could go in there for a while. And. Well, I was going to say nice, but also we were like, we need to use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember any real conflicts like that, but I had a lot of fun making prints back then. I mean, he, we uh, developed our own film and, and made prints. And, uh, you know, I was a kid, so it wasn't anything amazing. But, like, I, I, I knew photography was kind of magic back then. The way you could manipulate it with, uh, with the exposure times and everything else, um, I, I loved that. And I knew it was something I, I might want to do later. And I took photography classes in junior high and high school. But then um, later on, I just, I, I always liked it, but I just wasn't as avid. I didn't have like great gear uh, after my last film SLR got stolen somewhere. Uh, and then I discovered street photography. I was, uh, I was down here, I was working in the video game industry. I was working at, uh, had my own company for a while. And then we, we got acquired by EA and was working for them and left that job and I uh, was kind of you know waiting to find my next venture and I saw this documentary about Vivian Meyer I don't know if you've heard of this one Finding Vivian Meyer fantastic documentary I haven't uh, seen it under. yeah it's very good I highly recommend it um, it's, just, it's got a great story along with the, the doc but um, and I just overnight kind of became obsessed with it and knew it was what I wanted to do so I just couldn't stop reading about it and uh, I, I got a better camera kind of designed for that and uh just went down this rabbit hole and within a year I I knew that I wanted to do something with it that was bigger than just making my own photos and sharing them online which is just kind of a repetitive cycle and you're just kind of you know constantly trying to feed this social media beast and get the likes and everything else and I wanted to I don't know build something more real with prints on the wall and bring members of the community together there's all these people who interact online and they hardly ever see each other they're in different countries or different different parts of the, the country and uh, so I started hatching this idea of a festival and there was one out there at the time in Miami that's still around. Uh, it's kind of the oldest surviving street photography festival at this point. I think they're, they're about seven or eight years in. And I decided to go out there. I'd been shooting for about a year. I went out there and checked them out and, and saw what they were doing and just came back and tried to replicate it and add some new things myself and it just put it together. I'd never really organized anything bigger than a house party at the time. I hear you. Um, so Street Photo SF is yours. Yes. I, yeah, I, I was uh, the founder and we, we have a lot of volunteers that help out with all kinds of stuff now. But mm -hmm. when would you say you, you said your, your camera got stolen, like when in your life or how long ago was it that like you, you really got going with photography and like you said, wanted to make that, wanted to make it more than right. just getting likes. So, uh, I mean, this, this is just about five plus years ago okay. yeah and just I had a I'd gotten a, a decent camera again I was taking a lot of pictures of my daughter when she was really little and 
you know, I, I got a good lens for it and, and I, I put a little money into that and I was trying to learn more about it. But then street photography just gave me like a real sense of purpose to learn so much about, you know, composition and just all these other things that I, and you know, the, the light and all the subject matter issues that I hadn't really, you know, you're just taking a picture of your kid. There's so many things you don't really think about. And suddenly when I'm out there on the streets, it's just, that's really five years when I became passionate and have learned almost everything I know since then. Uh, I want to know how long ago you, you, you decided to come to San Francisco and, and if you want to throw in what drew you here, right. what, you know, what, cause you could have gone probably lots of places, but um, so what, you know, w- when you came to San Francisco and why, and then what about street photography? Like what, 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 what got you to, to do? Okay. You mentioned some things that you like about it, but it's like, yeah. we, we, you know, if you're going from taking photos of your daughter, you're like, Oh, that might be interesting. I w- like if, if you can expound on that a little bit. So. My journey to San Francisco, I, I kept trying to get down here. It was a place I wanted to live. Uh, but I ended up, I was in the, the army for two years after high school. I was a medic and I really tried to get stationed at, at, uh, at the Presidio at the time, they had a big hospital there, but it was, you know, impossible for somebody without much seniority to, to get stationed there. So, um, ended up in college in Southern California and then, uh, back in Sacramento for a couple years after that, I just kept wanting to move here. I kept, you know, feeling this, this urge to, to move to this region and, and actually really right into the city. And then, um, I applied to some law schools and I got into Hastings and uh, it's, it's dropped a bit in the rankings, but at the time, that was a top 20 law school. I was really happy to get in, and, um, you know, I was just, I was over the moon to get to move down here, and didn't really have many friends who lived right in the city. You know, I knew some people in the Bay Area, so I just lived in student housing right in the Tenderloin my first year, and, uh, you know, there's a big building. It's about a 26-story building uh, on McAllister and Leavenworth, you know, I mean, like the streets right in your face in that neighborhood, and it, it was then too. It's different now. Uh, it's you know maybe worse in some ways, better in other ways. But you know that that area of town has always been really, really gritty and really alive with with humanity in all its forms. And um, I saw that on a daily basis. Then um, after a year there, I moved to the Mission District, 17 the Guerrero, and it was just this is back in the in the mid 90s, and it was you know it was starting to turn. But I mean, it's just a, nothing like it is now. It's just a completely different neighborhood back then. But it was really fun at that time. Five Hundred Club. Yeah, I was basically uh, could look right out my bedroom window and 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 look across the street at it, and uh, I I'd love that. That was those were maybe my best San Francisco years at that time. Yeah, it was really really cool. We used to walk down, you know, just down Sixteenth every day to Bart. I mean, and then you know take Bart down down to the Civic Center station one stop. And, uh, yeah, that was a good time to be in the city back then. It was a great era. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I I was really enchanted with the work that, that I saw that Vivian Meyer had made in that film. And then I started getting online and researching, you know, as much as I could about street photography. I, you know, you're still green. It's, it's, there's not really, like, a, a, a single primer that you can read about it. But uh, I just love the idea of finding everyday situations and making these photographs out of these just split-second moments that are beautiful or hilarious or, or sad or poignant and, 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 that, that maybe just really capture the essence of humanity. You're going around and you're, you're capturing things like that about humans and also at the same time you're 
uh, you're shedding light on on this community that you're in. So you're documenting, you know, what people are like in an era at a certain time in this place, and you know, you're going around in a way and trying to 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 make these these situations into artful photographs. And it's really difficult to go up to strangers and just take pictures of them from odd angles and really close to them is super challenging. And so I think it's maybe in a lot of ways the most difficult kind of photography. And I like that, that challenge to it. Do you think it's, I mean, I, I think obviously it's different. Do you think it's easier or more difficult in this age of, well, everyone has, not everyone, literally, but like, you know, more people have cameras now. Um, and people are just taking, you know, there's many more people are maybe, maybe a little more accustomed to having their photo, but then that can cut both ways. Don't take my photo. Like, what are some of those challenges that you're, you know, I wasn't trying to do it before I started about five years ago. So I can't really compare what it was like to the pre smartphone generation. I wasn't really taking, uh, pictures of strangers without permission (laughs) back then. Um, I think it sort of goes both ways. On the one hand, people are really used to being photographed because there are just camera phones everywhere and there are security cameras everywhere. But at the same time, that that also makes people a little more paranoid because they know that any photograph, if they look foolish or vulnerable, can end up on the internet, could go viral. So people are at the same time pretty resistant. And you do get quite a few people in San Francisco who don't appreciate being photographed, particularly people in vulnerable situations. I, I tend to avoid that. You know, I tend to I tend not to shoot people who are compromised, you know, uh, be it, you know, homeless or mentally ill. I can't say I never do. Sometimes, you know, they're humans too, and they are part of our culture. And if they're doing something interesting and and if the photograph's not just about their compromised situation, then I'll take it. But um, they they tend to be uh, the most resistant to it. And, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, it's just they're, they're in a situation where they don't have as much dignity and they don't really have a choice to be how they are so um anyway i'm not sure if it's better or worse i think it goes both ways but when i travel to a place where maybe there isn't as much smartphone penetration or not everybody you know like i've been to cuba for instance no one cares you could just get as close as you want take pictures and i'll just look at you and be like what are you doing and maybe smile and i'm not sure if it was like that here uh 30 or 40 years ago might have well, another part of it, um, I was reading the excerpt from, um, I'm forgetting the guy's name in the book over here on the other side of the wall, but it was something about, um, yeah, David Gibson. Thank you. Um, something about, you know, what street photography is. And it said something about, um, evidence of life. So it doesn't always have to be no. a human being right. in your, uh, like, is your photography, like it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, sometimes it's location or. Yeah, I take a pretty broad uh, approach to street photography, and I, I don't feel like the photographs have to have a human in them. Um, you know, they don't have to be on the street. They could be inside a museum or the beach and anywhere where there's humans being candid in a public or even a semi-public place. Or, you know, like David says, just evidence of humanity. Like there's a picture here. It's uh, some sort of a tennis court or something, and there's a, there's a, a glove made out of plastic that's just floating in midair, carried by the wind with a shadow beneath it across. You know, it's a beautiful photograph and that's a street photograph. It's something that just happened spontaneously and you caught that moment. So that counts. Yeah. And I like those shots. There's a, a, a growing community in this town and people are making great work. And I, I've seen 
just as, as an art form and as a practice, uh, I've seen it grow by leaps and bounds just over the last five years. And I think people who've been into it for longer will, will, you know, say it's grown in even more astonishing ways since they, you know, in say the last 10 or 15 years. So, uh, happy to share it. It's a lot of history also, I mean, of people, but also of location of, of this city that I, a lot of us love. I'm going to assume that you like it if you're still here, but um, that's going to feel, that's going to feel pretty good to be, to be kind of um, amplifying that and, and, and exhibiting it. Yeah, it does. There is a long history of, of street photography in this town too. And um, we've been able to have some of that featured in the festival. I'd like to get more of the, uh, the older street photographers involved in future years. But um, I love the fact that we are, helping to kind of preserve and document this art form as it's been created within San Francisco. That was Ken Walton. To learn more about Street Photo SF, please check out their website, streetphoto, and that's photo with an F, not a P, dot org. Join us next week when we'll hear from legendary punk rocker and vocalist for the Avengers, Penelope Houston. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you want to stay up to date on all the stuff we do. At this point, we've got more than 80 different storytellers, and all the episodes are up on our website, storiedsf.com. While you're over there, please help support this project by making a donation. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.